welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about animals and all things animal care and zookeeping. <laughs> Each week we talk about a different topic and, I don't know, you get to get some advice, you get to learn more about it, whatever are in the cards for that day. <laughs> uh, we're both former zookeepers, so we do have a bit of credibility, not much, but a bit. And nothing we say actually reflects any past, present, or future organizations. And all thoughts and opinions are our own. So if we say something that's entirely insane and you don't agree, um, that's fine because nothing matters. So anyways, <laughs> Flora, my dear, my darling, how are you post-Halloween? We're now in the, mm, I was going to say Thanksgiving season, but that's what? trash. We're now in the post-Halloween season. Yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> Horrible. I feel like shit. I was no! up all night, and I'm really tired, and I didn't win my costume contest, and I just finished a movie where a woman cut a baby out of a man's belly at the end. It was the final act. Oh and <laughs> I don't know if that helped or made it's the future it worse. that want. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. You just watched that, like, today? Yeah. When I couldn't sleep, I turned on a movie that I, like... That I've fallen asleep to seven times the past <laughs> week because I turn it on every night before I go to bed and watch like 10 minutes of it and fall asleep. So I'm like slowly churning through the movie and then woke up at four o'clock in the morning to like the most hellacious thunderstorm. I think lightning struck my bones. I don't even know. So fucking loud. <laughs> and every time it rains, my roof leaks and that makes me paranoid oh. that it's going to leak on my PC that costs a bajillion dollars. Right. So then I couldn't go to sleep and... Just stared at the wall for mm, four hours. Mm-hmm. Then I logged on to work for six seconds left. <laughs> and then was like, well, what do I have to turn on that movie that I watched 10 minutes of and fall asleep to? And then I watched the entire, like, remaining 60 minutes in one go. And a woman cut a baby out of a man. And then it was over. And now I'm here. What a whirlwind of a day. You're like That's a mad lib of, of a human. Eat a Pop-Tart. <laughs> you do. Makes any sense. <laughs> Everything and is random. I had fake blood on my hands last night and it won't wash off because it like stains mm. and it's giving me a rash. So. God. I just need to roll you into a pit, I think, and maybe cover you with leaves and leave you there. Just hit me with a car. Sure. I can do that on the way. A fucking bus. <laughs> a whole bus. <laughs> with like one of those like plows. Oh, the plow. On front. And just... <laughs> Just fucking launch you into the air. <laughs> launch me in a fucking space. Okay, yeah. I'll um I'll come over after this and do that. Cool. How about you? <laughs> um, well, I don't feel as terrible as you do, <sighs> but I also did not do any costume contests. My costume is mm. pretty good, but I think yours was better. Um I liked your wig. Very thank nice. you. I <laughs> had my wig snatched. <laughs> Um, I I did have a child, so I dressed up for trick or treat. You had a child. Interesting. I birthed a child. Something strange has happened between the last time we talked (laughs) and this time. It's only been about twenty five minutes, but I've had a child. Something Um, is a mess. No, last night I was doing trick or treating, right? And I was sitting outside, and I had my candy. It was the whole thing. And this, first of all, all the kids that came up were so polite. Oh, they're just so polite. I was, like, dumbfounded. They're all like, how much candy can I have? How much candy? And then they got the candy that I said. It was great. And then um, one girl came up and hugged me. And I was like, well, hey. Like, she had to step around a table and, like, crawl through a bush to get to me. That's too much. I know. And the whole time I was like, ooh, it's not going to be worth it. They're sticky. (laughs) You're going to be disappointed. (laughs) You're going to be disappointed, child. 
That was that. I ate a donut, though. I recently ate a donut, and I'm capitalizing off that sugar rush. Welcome to the podcast. Normally, we talk about animals, but every so often, we answer questions submitted by our listeners, and this is coming from another listener. Thank you so much. Anonymous listener. 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 Who the fuck is Lismer? <laughs> I can't do My, this. It's the child I had I 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Lismer. Baby love- Lismer. I'm going to put them back in the man I cut them out of. This <laughs> yeah, is too dude, much. for real. Horrible. So they are asking about advocating for animals under our care. They said, what are some of the best strategies to advocate for the animals under your care? <laughs> and at what point do you jump the chain of command? And how do you do so effectively? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? Well, good fucking luck. <laughs> Let me just start by saying good fucking luck. <laughs> May the force be with you. Um, they also mentioned that topics like quality of life and even SOPs are interpreted differently by people, and they oftentimes feel like Sisyphus pushing that rock up the hill. Um, so how is that Sisyphus, or is that the one getting the eyes pecked out? You know, I'm, too I was like on your side and was like, yeah, it's totally him. And then now I have no idea that you said that. I thought, no, I think Prometheus gets his eyeballs, right? Oh, that's probably it. Prometheus. I think. Hold on. I'm pausing the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, stop. Everyone, stand by. One of you is probably screaming. Um, but that's okay. Sits up, yeah, pushing that rock up the hill. Okay. Then Prometheus, because he stole fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was bound to a rock, and an eagle eats his liver every day, and it grows, and then it eats it again the next day. <laughs> yes. Oh, because my Because he stole fire. I'm going back into my Greek mythology phase. That was important. Thank you all for pausing. Yeah, pushing that fucking rock up a hill. That's the best way to put it. And then they ask, are there any shortcuts to getting to a place of feeling balanced with others, quote, doing it wrong? (laughs) What a mood. So, Flora, do you have any initial thoughts before I start monologuing? Yeah. Number one, I'm too tired to be polite. So good luck and you'll never be happy and all the animals will die and then you'll quit. No! It's horrible <laughs> advice. That's my life story. <laughs> Nobody ever listens. As long as it's costs money, um, the animal won't come first. And especially if it requires, like, overnight care or, like, paying people more. And then no one will listen to you. And upper management will be too afraid to make any decision, which is a lack of decision. Which means the animal will die. Then you'll come into work the next morning and put in your two weeks notice. Uh oh. <laughs> that sounds very this specific. This is really specific. It's almost like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> this is extraordinarily <laughs> specific. Yeah, I don't know. It sucks. I, that's all I have to say. No, there's no right answer to any of that. Good luck. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on where you're at, but then there's also like widely spread, um, facility wide, career wide international issues that are also endemic in zoos and so you just kind of have to deal with that until you come up with something better flora and i have definitely been burned quite a few times on this (laughs) i think that that's where a lot of like the bad blood comes from um because yeah uh we've been at places that did not prioritize that at all and then some places that acted like they prioritized that and then did not at all (laughs) and then some places that sort of did and it was still pretended like they did (laughs) Mm -hmm. they never do Mm -hmm. lies yeah i think though it kind of all stems back to a career field issue and 
a lot of the ownership is placed on the emotional investment of the keepers and like the care staff. So like a lot of like the vet staff and stuff, um, which sucks because that you're eventually the one that takes the hit and it's really devastating. I think there are like a few things that you can do depending on like the severity of the situation. But if it's it, I mean, a lot of it's out of your hands, unfortunately, which can be very frustrating. I did work at a facility that was a step in the right direction and had a lot of like processes in place as far as documentation and, you know, evaluating the animal regularly for like quality of life discussions and animal care staff were involved in those discussions, which was very nice. But I think if you are an animal care person on your team and you're not necessarily in a place of management or authority at your facility, it can be really, really hard to do that. And especially if you're feeling like you have to, like you said, jump the chain of command, that's a really tricky situation too because for some reason for some reason a lot of management and and zoos are like insane and they get wicked shitty if you like even step on their ego slightly even if it's for the benefit of an animal under your care so it really is specific to the facility and who you work with we had an animal that was actively dying and was like Mm -hmm. having seizures and quality of life was like negative 100 mm-hmm. and everyone was like okay everyone on the team was like time to let her go time to let her go this has got too far and mm-hmm. our manager was like well we're just we want to be compassionate to you guys and like let's all let's all fill out the quality of life sheet and like mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll assess and we we're all we're like let her die all <laughs> yeah please yeah. and then they were like well, actually, we're gonna just let's let's just play it out and see how it goes. No, what the fuck? What the fuck? And it was almost like they treated us like we were babies, and it's so annoying. There's so many people who are just like, I don't know, vets and upper management I've dealt with multiple times where they don't tell it to you straight because they think it's gonna upset you, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, I want the fucking truth. Actually, I'm not seven. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a million animals. You can tell me if this one's dying or not. I'm not the vet. I don't know. So why are you lying? And another animal was taking care of, like, an infant. And I'd never taken care of this, like, life stage of this animal before. Mm -hmm. And it's fully dependent on us. Fully pulled from parents. And we were all taking turns taking care of it. And I was under the assumption it was thriving. Because I had no idea. It was eating. Mm -hmm. Um... And so the vets came in to the check and, like, checked the food logs and all this other stuff. It had been, like, living in my house <laughs> in an incubator. Mm-hmm. And had the vets check it and stuff. And they're like, yeah, great. Like, looks great. I was like, cool. Good to know. And then they left. And then my boss was like, yeah, it's, like, dying. It's it's going to die. What? They just, like, told me that it's this is, like, not thriving. It's just dying. I was like, why did they not tell me that? <laughs> why? Why? Why would they like straight up lie to me? They thought I was gonna have a meltdown. What are you talking about? I'll just say, I would rather okay. know that things aren't going well than to suddenly have a healthy animal die. That's like, traumatizing. They're like, yeah, it's eating, but it like it should have gained like four hundred percent more weight than it has, and it's like not thriving at all, and it's just gonna act. It's like gonna die. And I was like, well, should we just put it out of its misery? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's happened more than once where they've just like not told the keeper staff because they're trying to like be <laughs> yes. nice. And I'm like, okay, it's literally our job, but okay. Thanks. Yeah. 
And it's um it's traumatizing uh to go the other direction. It's traumatizing to be lied to and then have an animal under your care die suddenly. Yeah, what the with fuck? With seemingly no cause. That's worse. Like actually. I'm waking up every That's 2 hours to feed this animal in the middle of the night <laughs> in my own bedroom. Do I not <laughs> right. get the courtesy of like knowing whether or not it's gonna die or not? Can you do me a solid? Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'll handle this burden for you. This horrible secret. Wow, thanks. I'm still going to be upset. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be more upset. But thank you. <laughs> People are so fucking weird. I had an animal I took care of, a like real big, a real big one, you know, a real big animal. And mm. they were very old. And it was a similar thing you mentioned with your first example where it was like, Everyone on the keeper staff was like, they're not doing well. Yeah. They're not, they look bad. They're really in a bad shape and they have a lot of like comorbidities going on. We need to do, we need to like put a plan in place. And this facility was like not equipped, not even equipped. They just like weren't interested in doing anything like that, which was really shitty and discouraging. But yeah, it was basically like, well, yeah, we know that they're doing poorly and we know that they're like really old and they have all these problems, but um, you know, we're just going to, like, keep it going. And I was like, I would rather have a plan in place for this animal's end of life and, like, give them the nicest passing possible than to have something traumatic happen and they die suddenly in, like, an agonizing way. And I feel like <laughs> every keeper that works with their animals feels that way. And so, like, keeping them in the dark in your situation is shitty. Letting an animal situation play out if there are other options available is shitty like there's like we just want the best for them and Mm -hmm. they're gonna die and that's part of it and it sucks but it's also like you are in a position of authority in that and you should like take that responsibility seriously and i personally feel that if you have the option to give them like a peaceful passing then you should why the fuck not if you care about this animal you should and so yeah it just ended up being a like waiting around waiting around waiting yeah they just don't want to deal with it at all yeah yeah And because I think it was such a huge animal, it was, like, a huge, you know, undertaking or whatever. And then when they finally got to the point of, like, oh, well, this animal's not just going to, like, die on their own and do it for us. Like, we're going to have to, like, euthanize them. Mm -hmm. Then it was fucking awful. The whole thing was awful. And I'm traumatized by it. So, (laughs) like, maybe maybe let's not move in that direction. I've worked at vets, too. Like, I feel like they – I mean, obviously, they suffer from compassion fatigue just like the rest of us. But I've worked with some who are, like, so goddamn dead inside that it's like, I don't think you should be doing this anymore. Mm. We had a vet who just didn't help anything. She, like, never helped a single animal. She just actively made choices that killed animals, like, every week. And then she was, like, on vacation or something. I don't even know what the Mm -hmm. fuck she was doing. I actually don't care. Hopefully she was rotting somewhere. (laughs) And we had another vet come in, and he was just, like, on call. And he was so fucking helpful and so full of life and actually cared about the animals. And we had one that was, like, actively dying the whole time. And he, like, swept in, had all these great ideas, and actually, like, spoke to the keeper staff. It ended up uh, dying anyway. Um, and it was a big snake, huge snake, Yeah, like takes 10 people to pick up the snake. When we thought it was dead and dying, he literally had us like yank it out and he like took apart his stethoscope and fucking like tried to intubate and like fucking gave CPR to a snake. I don't know, dude. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, but he tried. 
she died anyways, yeah. but I don't know. I wonder if there's like a burnout that comes with it too. Like if you're just like so Yeah, so then fuck off. I got yeah, burnt out yeah, and I no, fucked totally. and I literally <laughs> fucked off. Like maybe you should yeah. do the same Mick fucking thing. Yeah, I agree. I think that um that was like that was our call to leave, right? Is where we're like, oh, <laughs> this isn't going to be good long term. It is time to step out. <laughs> Do you think that there's an expiration date on these type of um, career fields? Because you're right. Once you stop caring about that and you just kind of start seeing it as numbers, then maybe it's not the best situation to be in uh, for your coworkers and for your animals. I had this amazing vet. We had one of our animals go into like a medical emergency suddenly and we had our team there and everyone on the team knew how serious it was and the vet obviously knew how serious it was and she like was we were all there of course but it wasn't like a situation where you know like the vet team is having their side conversations and like whispering and all the keepers are standing there being like what the fuck's going on like we're also traumatized what's happening and she was like keeping us informed the whole time and it was really horrible but it was also like the best possible way to deal with something like that because there was like full transparency she was letting us know all of our options even though some of them were completely you know not really an option it was just like we could try these life-saving efforts and do this and this and this but like the chances of that working are not great um so even just the fact that like there was the respect there to i guess share all the information and make sure that we were in the loop and make sure we were part of all the decisions I think helped a lot with like the grieving process. And I think that that's a really important thing to consider when you're dealing with like end of life care and like quality of life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like more people should try to live up to that expectation, but you don't see it very often, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess to answer your question, anonymous listener, <laughs> this is maybe not probably the information you were looking for. And I apologize, but I do think that there's a lot of room for improvement in the animal care field. And it's not necessarily you can sub- like point to one specific thing. I think a lot of it comes down to monetary decisions. I think a lot of it comes down to like resource availability. And when you're in one of those like higher up management and animal care positions, like, you know, all of that comes at a cost. You kind of have to weigh the pros and cons. But I think, like I said at the beginning, Flora and I have definitely been burned a lot on this and been on the receiving end of a lot of unfortunate decisions on behalf of our animals and it really sucks mm-hmm. um and i think that if you are looking to bring up topics like quality of life and you're looking to advocate for animals under your care uh there are some things that you can do but a lot of it is out of your hands i mean i don't know i don't want to be like a downer and be like there's nothing you can do but i would just tough. right <laughs> i mean you're just gonna have to make logs of everything yeah. behaviorally, appetite-wise, all that stuff. And then if your facility has quality of life documentation that you can fill out, some of them do, yeah. where you can like use a ranking system to determine quality of life. Mm-hmm. Still, a lot of it is very subjective, but I don't know. Get your team all on the same page. And yeah, I then- think if you can like be as objective as possible, that also helps. Because I know some people get really defensive if you're just like, I feel like we're not providing the best care or something. Someone will take that like really weird. But if you can be like, this animal hasn't eaten in seven days, <laughs> that's a little bit harder to ignore and like yeah. brush under the rug. Um, so yeah, I agree with Flora, like trying to get that objective data together and then ensuring that your care team is on the same page 
trying to get your management to recognize the issue, I think is all good things to do. But at the same time, like, I don't know, there is, there is certainly a chain of command there. And if you really, truly feel that, like, something is not being handled effectively, um, I don't know, I would just be very wary of stepping over that chain of command. Oh, but sometimes it needs to be will- done. Oh yeah. I don't know. No. It's like that will never get you any that will not get you anything. They don't they won't care. They absolutely yeah. 100% of the time no one will give a shit. So just don't ever do that. I mean, I yeah, don't I don't like, think you're ever going to get anything from that. No, cuz like I feel like the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to like jeopardize like your position. Um which yeah, they still like won't listen to you. Sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then no one will ever listen to you again. <laughs> Thank you, Flora. Yes. I'm that's just saying. <laughs> And if there's, like, a problem – I can't remember what the question was at this point anymore either. But if it was not even, like, an animal dying, but if it was just, like, quality of life, like, their habitat sucks or whatever, or, you know, the social grouping isn't, like, to AZA standards, I don't fucking know yeah. what the problem is. There's, like, absolutely nothing you can do about it. And you can report it to, like, everyone and nothing matters. And it, even if you tell AZA, maybe they're coming to, like, reaccredit your zoo and there's, like, glaringly obvious violations, mm-hmm. even if you tell them. Uh, they don't care. And even if they do care about one of them, uh, usually we'll just put, like, a disgusting band-aid over the fix that doesn't actually fix it and then submit that, and then they get, like, a thumbs up anyway. So, good luck. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of, like, widespread improvements that need to be made to the field, and this is certainly one of them. Uh, I guess my closing piece of advice is, like, if this is something that you continually dealing with, either you or your teammates... And you sort of, like, are, like, at your wit's end and you don't really know what to do. Like, I guess, I don't know. Zookeeper, like, always have the proclivity to putting aside their own well-being to deal with animals. And I think, like, you and I have seen this a lot, right? It's like you had that incubator in your bedroom and you were taking care of, like, a dying animal. And it was, like, that was obviously something you were happy to do in the moment because you felt like it was warranted. But you were also, like, putting aside your own life to do that. And I think that... You know, if you if there are like improvements to the habitat or like all these like little endless things that you feel can be done, just be wary of like doing all of that um, to the detriment of your own well-being because mm-hmm. that can easily snowball as well. And I think if you've reached the point where you are at that and you feel like this animal's well-being is being ignored by everyone around you and you're the only one doing something about it, um, as shitty as it might sound, like you would probably be best moving on because it's not going to be good for you in the long term and there's a certain inevitability with a lot of these situations and i don't know you just kind of have to look out for you also not mm-hmm. the most uplifting mm-hmm. message but the most realistic i will say mm-hmm. <laughs> you and i definitely got to that point where we're like okay <laughs> that's enough <laughs> i think most of my advice is give up on your dreams and die because <laughs> because flora is sleep deprived <laughs> had, had any sleep and that's the only thing i can think of right now Quit your job and move 2,000 miles away <laughs> and live in a town that doesn't even have a fucking zoo. And then you'll feel way better. <laughs> you'll be too far away to be bothered by You'll <laughs> feel way better. Save those and pictures <laughs> of those animals you took care of and never talk to anyone at the zoo again. Guess what? They're immortal. They never died. Don't follow them there on you Instagram. You don't mm-hmm. need to know that they suffered a horrible, horrible fate from a lack of managerial <laughs> decision. To you... They're immortal little angels in the sky. Little angels, they live forever, and you had a wonderful little mark on their lives. And then you get a tattoo of them, and then everything's Mm -hmm. fine. Yep. (laughs) That's our advice. (laughs) So thank you, anonymous user, for writing in. You know, some of these quick and dirties, 
are uplifting. Some of them are helpful. Some of them are very depressing. And this is certainly if they're reaching out to (laughs) us, like they already know that they're fucked. If like this has been their last resort, like they've called the police already and asked, and they're like, I guess last fucking floor and fauna. Like they already know they're done. They're donezo. We're the end of the line. The ghouls and goblins you reach when you're. When you're just done, when you've had enough. I'll say that if there's one thing that gets worked up more than anything, it's a white woman. So if you can get the white neighborhood women on your side, maybe put it in a newsletter. Oh, okay. Maybe publish a report because, I don't know. Rile them up. Yeah. (sighs) Sometimes I'm like, no wonder PETA acts all kooky crazy. It's the only way to get anyone to pay attention. That's true. Maybe I should walk around and pour blood on people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Will you dig a bigger capybara pool if I do that? What the fuck? <laughs> Christ. Semi-aquatic oh, creature <laughs> in a the fucking habitat with a water trough? Eat my ass. <laughs> God damn. Some- Flora's out there pouring buckets of blood on people. Someone runs up. Oh, my God. Are you advocating on behalf of PETA? No. No. I'm trying to get a water feature built. Dig <laughs> a fucking waterfall about? or get out of my fucking face. I'm trying to get a quality of life document in rotation. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> get the news out there, man. I, it's all like fear mongering now. I don't know. I feel like I wonder if like those zookeeper groups on Facebook, I wonder if they helped or hurted. Hurted. <laughs> hurted. Hooded. <laughs> because like now. Now, okay, so let's say you wrote something in the group, your supervisor saw it, you got fired, which is, like, legitimately happened, supposedly, right? People have said. Oh, all the time. Allegedly. Allegedly. So then (laughs) now, like, that's the martyr, right? They fired one guy for some fucked up reason. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe they actually did something wrong at work. Who knows? But now they've said that on two groups. Uh And now it's like everyone's even more afraid to speak up and say anything. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yes. It feeds into the problem. Yeah, it feeds into it. I'm too old and I don't really care about anything anymore to to really fight that fight. Jaded. So (laughs) maybe we can inspire one of you to be a little firecracker and and fuck some shit up. But I don't give a single Mick clusterfuck (laughs) anymore. Sorry. (laughs) I spent um, 10 years as a firecracker. I'm tired. <laughs> so one time some man wrote us like a 40-page email about all the things that we could do to like fix everything. And it was like, mm. eat rocks. I never said I was going <laughs> to fix a goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. I Who forgot about talking that. To? I literally blocked it from my brain because I was like, mm-mm. A man giving me advice? Wasn't it like the mayor's son? <laughs> it was like the mayor of <laughs> yes! Fuckberg's son sent us some 30-page email. I don't even think I read it. I read like the first no. line and I, it said like, you guys can. And I was like, nope, didn't ask for advice. Deleted. If you're yeah, listening to this it, still, read your email back and do whatever the fuck you told us to do. Do it your fucking self. Yeah. And just know we didn't actually read it. And just know <laughs> that I looked you up and you're the mayor's son and I deleted that email. <laughs> true, true, true. This is the I last know. quick and dirty we'll ever have because no one will ever email us ever again. <laughs> And I will be nothing but happier for it. Advice: (laughs) My life will be 100% more improved if no one ever emailed us again. 
That's all the advice I have. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this quick and dirty. Um, I don't know if it was helpful, but it was something. I do want to give a quick shout out to our October bonus episode on patreon.com slash keeper chat. If you're not a patron, what are you doing? That's where the good stuff is, actually. <laughs> That's where the good, the good discussions, the scary movies, the thirst traps like we've got a whole there's a whole thing going on behind the scenes you have no idea about so if you're not a patron Um, join us at patreon.com slash keeper chat you get access to our bonus episodes i have to tell you too okay so there's a bot in our discord that does questions of the day and it's just like Uh spark conversation Uh we've had it for so long and apparently ran out of questions oh (laughs) and some of the questions were really boring and dumb anyway yeah um but then I realized that I, that you and I, as admins, can add questions. Uh-oh. So um, part of the not sleeping was me adding, like... <laughs> oh, God. Ju- just oh, the, God. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, the worst <laughs> things I could oh, think no. of in the question of the day bot. And so I don't know. I'm just, like, really excited. I didn't know. It actually, when it posts, it says, like, ask by Flora. Like, it literally outs me. I thought that I could, like... <laughs> blend in to be like it was the bot yeah. um, no the bot's like i didn't do this i didn't yeah. let everyone know this whacked out bitch did this <laughs> yes <laughs> it was not me the bot so um if you guys want some stimulating conversation oh um maybe just join our discord for the question of the day bot which is about to start some fights Oh, no. If you're looking to fight, join us. Some of them were vague, and others were like, if you had to kill one person in this Discord. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. If I see my name at all, I'm I'm shutting down the Discord. There was Oh, I put several in about us. Like, who would you rather take on in a fist fight? And, like, yeah. I don't know. And then there's some, like, degenerate shit. I was up really early. So, oh, God. Was, whatever this was, this episode, imagine me asking you questions. That'd be horrible. Oh, that's what god. happened. Oh god. Anyway, good time. Uh, well, Something to look forward to. If that's a selling point for you, um, <laughs> join the Patreon group. If that's not a selling point for you, we do have a really weird episode about um, the Jersey Devil. So join that as well. As along with like 45 other hours of bonus content. It's great. It's fantastic. So long. And it's the perfect thing to do when you want to avoid your family during the holiday season. Um, that's all we have. Mm-hmm, Hope mm-hmm, you have a great mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll chat with you in two weeks' time. Smell you later. Bye.